Welcome to Beyond the Audit, the podcast where we go beyond the numbers and explore the latest developments and trends in the finance world. I'm your host, Nulu Babalo Nagala. And today I'm joined by Tertius Strutz, Senior Manager in our tax department, who will share with us some insights on the newly proposed legislation with regards to enhanced allowances for renewable energy generation. This is Section 12BA of the Income Tax, which is currently under draft and has been subject to public comment. Welcome, Tertius. Um, it's great to have you on Beyond the Audit. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to the discussion. So to set the stage for our listeners, could you outline the primary proposals of this new Section 12BA legislation and its potential implications for renewable energy generation? Yeah, so Section 12BA or the new proposed Section 12BA is pretty much a copy paste of the existing Section 12B. The existing Section 12B allows for a 100% deduction for any project under one megawatt or a deduction over three years for projects above one megawatt. And it's usually split within a 50, 30, 20% percentage deduction. So the Section 12BA proposal is a upfront 125% deduction in the year that this project is brought into use. How is Section 12BA set to influence the renewable energy landscape in South Africa, especially compared to the existing provisions under 12B? Yeah, so we understand that South Africa is under tremendous pressure with regards to load shedding and the energy crisis that we are in. So what's actually transpired is government has approached National Treasury asking them for an incentive in order to, to increase the uptake in the renewable energy, trying to take pressure off the grid. So that's why we see this, this incentive and why they've moved away from Section 12B, the 100% deduction, and moved to the accelerated 125% deduction, irrespective of the, of the size of the project. So what stage is the draft legislation at and when can we expect the final version? Yeah, so maybe just, let's just take a step back to understand the legislative process when it comes to a draft tax legislation. So the first step is that National Treasury issues a draft legislation for public comment and it's open for a couple of weeks just so that people can make certain commentary. Following that, Treasury hosts workshops where these people are invited just to shed some light or clarify certain aspects. And Treasury uses that specifically when they approach Parliament, when they make comments to the Standing Committee of Finance. And following that, that consultation, we have the, uh, the, the response document and the final legislation which gets promulgated. So where we are at present, Mazars was part of the process of, of providing comments to, to, to Treasury and part of the workshops. And now they've had the, the discussion with, with Parliament. And now we're just waiting on the final legislation. So the final legislation is usually ready by uh, end of October, beginning November. And uh, uh, we usually see it issued during the midterm uh, budget policy statement, which is actually set to be on the 1st of November. So hopefully by that date, we'll have the final legislation. So as we've seen in the media, the draft legislation has received um, quite varied feedback. So could you shed some light on some of the most significant concerns voiced by the public and the industry? There are quite a few, but I think the two that I'd like to highlight is firstly the, the timing. So the legislation is actually uh, applicable from the 1st of March of this year, so earlier this year. So we're in a, in a quite a interesting position where legislation is applicable, but it's not really promulgated or finalized yet. So we're waiting on Treasury to finalize that so we have some more legal certainty. So we actually made the comment to Treasury to maybe either extend the two-year period to a three-year period, because at present it actually ends after two years, or 
to actually only have the legislation run from when the legislation is actually promulgated later this year. So we are, we're waiting for feedback on that. The other one is a bit of more technical concern. Um, it's, it's to do with the wording of plant and machinery and implements that the state must be using electricity for which this deduction is allowed. So uh, if we take solar, for example, you've got solar panels that, that where the, the sun's rays hits the panels, and we've got the inverter that, that, that changes the, the, the direct current into alternating current or, or from DC to AC in order to use this electricity in your home. What we also have usually in a solar system is, is the battery section. So all this power that's generated is then actually stored in a battery that can be used when there's maybe not sun because your panels or your inverter doesn't necessarily store electricity for later use. And what we, what we find is that there might be uncertainty as whether a battery generates electricity because that's the word that is actually used in legislation because it actually only stores it for later use. And we don't want to be in a situation where SARS turns around and says, wait, no, we're not going to give you the deduction on the batteries. We'll give it to you on the panels and the inverter, but the batteries are excluded because that's a significant cost of the whole renewable uh, project. So we just stated to Treasury, maybe just make it clear and state it to say batteries are definitely included. But those are the only two of the concerns. There are some more, but I think that's about the ones that I'd like to highlight. What challenges and benefits do you foresee with the implementation of Section 12BA for renewable energy companies? Yeah, so the concerns are, are pretty much the ones that I've raised previously. We've got the timing issue and you've got the, the, the issue with what is included or excluded in, in the actual deduction. And the benefits is pretty much a no-brainer. You're getting 125% upfront, no matter how big the project is just trying to get that done within the time frame that, that, that they've allowed the legislation to run. And it'll be for any type of taxpayer, you get, you're getting 100% deduction for, 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 your, for your project. And then you get the bonus, let's just call it the bonus 25% deduction you can offset against other income. All right. Um, so as the companies prepare for rollout of Section 12BA, what key strategies and steps would you recommend? Yeah, with any large incentive or deduction, I think it's very important uh, that your documentary evidence is is ready and easily accessible because it will probably be subject to SAR scrutiny. People must just keep that uh, ready or file it nearby. Apart from that, I think it's it's always stated that approach your tax professionals when 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 looking to claim the deduction, making sure that you you're ticking all the boxes. You're not making unnecessary mistakes that SARS can come back on and say, "Sorry, we're not going to give you that deduction." Thank you so much, Tertius, for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Audit. We trust that you've gleaned some fresh insights into the anticipated Section 12BA and how it stands to influence the renewable energy sector. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to our podcast. You can also visit our website for more information on our tax and accounting services and solutions. Until next time.